what's this you say a podcast of a monday from me crazy um yeah no a little off uh off schedule um but the only reason i'm doing it is because it's this is going to be entirely formula one based um because it was quite a significant weekend um of formula one that just passed um i'm i'm doing it walking out about uh because it's an incredibly lovely day um the last time i got out of my van it said um it said it was 23 degrees um there's not a cloud in the sky the sun is uh bearing down on me um and i'm actually it's october 9th and i had to apply uh, sun cream uh strange times we are living in um it's very disconcerting walking around um with leaves falling from the trees and uh midsummer heat there you go global warming <clears throat> uh so yeah um i'm currently walking down the greenway the daughter greenway that is uh not far from my house excuse me i'm burping i'm not long after my lunch again i have to stop eating before recording this stuff um yeah it's uh in case you hear any nature sounds in the background that's that's why um i'm i'm going i'm very a bit of a juxtaposition a podcast about cars and motorsport um and then i'm embraced by nature and climate change i don't know i'm, I'm rambling already um so yeah this is going to be formula one based only um, and I wanted to get it out there because there's quite a lot to talk about from the weekend just gone. Um, yeah, so, obviously, credit where credit is due, just to begin with. Um, Max Verstappen won his third world championship, uh, third in a row. Um, obviously, a foregone conclusion um, for you know, for several months now, really. Um, although, you know, never say never. You know, look at Danny Rick. Um, had a pretty innocuous accident in Zambort, and he's been out for was it four races now, five races. Um, you know, so look, anything can happen in the world of Formula One. But for for all intents and purposes, we all knew Max Verstappen was going to wrap up the title um, early this year uh, and in convincing fashion, and that's exactly what he did. Um, so yeah, credit where credit's due. It's an incredible performance. Um, People will bemoan that it's you know it's dull and unpredictable or dull and unpredictable. I mean, um, but you know, as time passes, we'll more and more appreciate what he and, and Red Bull are doing. Um, it's incredible, um, and obviously, three three world championships is, is rarefied ground. There hasn't been many. Um, there have been what I discussed this last time. Um, so it's been Fangio, Prost, Senna. Uh, Schumacher Vettel Hamilton so six so he's the seventh person to win three titles obviously several of those drivers went on to win more um, and only so I've, I left out Fangio last time I said this so obviously Fangio was the first person to do three in a row and again won four in a row in the end um, and five in total um, but Fangio uh, I think Fangio Schumacher Vettel and Hamilton are the only um, are the only four and now max so five out of those seven actually win uh, three on the trot um, Prost obviously Prost won four but they were uh, disjointed over several different years and Senna's were over a couple of different years as well um, I'm sure 
yeah, incredible achievement, um, and there's no denying it. Um, not the ultimate perfect weekend for Max. Um, he qualified third for the sprint race, and he only and he finished second. Um, but the main race itself, um, he started from pole, uh, led from the beginning, uh, managed his pace, and yeah, won convincingly, fastest lap, um, which is a great way because he won the championship on the Saturday. He only needed to score three points tall sorry this is the background noise now I'm walking past the weir along the daughter um, so there's lots of rushing water in the background hopefully that's not too distracting um, it's hard to tell with these recordings what gets picked up and what doesn't this microphone is pretty decent at uh, blocking out background noise anyway stop getting off topic I'm just trying to kill some time as I walk by the weir because it is quite loud and I'm conscious that it is drowning out what I'm saying which is probably for the best, says you. Um, what was I talking about? Formula One. Yeah, so he won. He actually won the championship on the Saturday in the sprint race because he only needed to score three points. Um, three points, no matter what Perez did. He was currently second in the championship. I think he still is, even though he's had an abysmal weekend this weekend. So maybe he got jumped, but I don't think so. Um, and yeah, so strange. Um, definitely, as far as like, I don't think there's been anyone else in history to win a world championship on a Saturday because um, obviously the sprint race is a is a pretty new phenomenon um, so I can't imagine there was any reason why anyone else would have done it in the past um, so that was strange and then I watched the uh, I watched the sprint race on my phone with no sound in the pub because the uh, obviously the Ireland and Scotland rugby game was on and we had to be we booked a table and we had to be there for half six, which is when the sprint race started, to secure the table we booked. Um, not that that matters, but um, yeah, so I, the, the sprint race, I only kind of half watched, because for the reasons I just outlined. Um, but yeah, I know it was, a, it was a foregone conclusion, but I don't know. As I said, we'll appreciate it as time goes on, but it certainly was quite anticlimactic. Even Max didn't seem particularly... Um, overly excited at the fact that he won his third championship in a row obviously it does mean a lot to him and he, he's he's a winning machine um, just goes to show like the next day he went on and dominated the race despite the fact that he didn't he could have just went home technically because um, they've already got the constructor championship and everything but um, he wa- he wanted to win again and he wants to win all the rest of the races for the rest of the season um, so it'll be interesting to see like he's he said he's been quite vocal about saying he wants to um, he wants to uh, try other forms of motorsport um, most notably endurance racing and uh, GT racing um, sports cars etc um, and he wants to do it while he's still in his prime um, now he's he's only 26 so uh, he has plenty of time but um, so and, and he's contracted I think he's contracted until uh, until the end of 2027 uh, to 2028 um, with Red Bull, as far as I'm aware. But even at that, so that's what? So what? So four, five, six, seven. So four more seasons. So he could... It must be 28 as well, because I think they were saying that, like, he could go out, go all out and get eight championships if he was to win. So yeah, he must be... It must include 28, because that'd be 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, which five more, and he has three, so yeah. Um, so that's what? Five years... 26 sorry Matt's terrible so he'd be 31 at the end of that um, 
and so therefore he could step away as the greatest Formula 1 driver of all time um, assuming uh, Red Bull nailed the next set of regulations which is June 2026 step away is the most successful Formula 1 driver of all time again I know I'm making a lot of assumptions here a lot can happen in 5 years in Formula 1 but let's just assume at the age of 31 um, and then you know take a couple of years um, do them on probably win that um, and do other things 24 hours in Nürburgring all sorts of other things maybe Dakar whatever and then like he could do two even three years and still be in his early to mid 30s he could make a return to Formula 1 and try and win some more and really push out the boundaries of what a Formula 1 driver can and has achieved Um, because that's the only thing I could think of that would be I don't want to say uh, a blot on his uh, his record because look he's he's already proven he's one of the greatest if not the greatest there's ever been Um, but for him to win with another team will be interesting because you know like what Schumacher did in a in 96 going to an ailing Ferrari and then bringing them back and then obviously going on to the run dominance after he had his back to back championships uh, championships with Benetton you know that's you know that makes him a bit of a great you know Lewis going from McLaren to Mercedes at the time was such a shock move but like you know he proved that Um, obviously you know Prost his last championship was a bit of a walk in the park with Williams but he still did it with two different teams Um. Senna's obviously a bit of an anomaly. We don't really know where his career would have went ultimately, um, tragically. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to see him to do to do something with another team because, like, like you know, I mean, people can't look back at Vettel's four. Looking, I'm a big Vettel fan, and he's clearly a great racing driver. But you know, it was the team and the car were clearly a very big factor in his championship success. Um, you know, obviously he did give it a go with Ferrari and, you know, there was a bit of a 50-50 split as to why he and Ferrari didn't uh, succeed, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it just, long, long story short, what I'm going to say is it'd be, it'd be great for Max he's, I don't think he's going to go anywhere else under his current contract um, and I do feel he'll step away when that contract is over from Formula 1, but it's very possible that he'd be, his age is on his side that he could come back and uh, try to achieve something else with another team and I think that would really cement him as and he's not he's not quite the goat as the kids say these days yet but he is on the right track to becoming one and uh, gaining success with another team outside of Red Bull would just be the absolute cherry on the icing of the cake of success Look, just because this is about Formula 1 doesn't mean I can't ramble like I normally do. So yes, hats off to uh, Max and Red Bull. Um, An incredible achievement. Um, Other things that happened over the weekend. So, um, there was the issue with the tyres. So, now everyone loves tyre chat. Um, I'll try and be as not boring as I can be when I'm talking about tyres and technical stuff like this. But, um, so the... On the, after the was it after the sprint race? I don't know. It was after it was after this, or was it after quali, or was it after the sprint? Oh, it's very so much going on over the weekend. But anyway, 
after one of the sessions. I think it must have been after the sprint race. Was it? Anyway, Pirelli inspected the tires after. Yeah, it must have been after the sprint race because it was. No, it was actually no. It was after free practice. Yeah, it was after free practice. One. They inspected the tires and noticed there was a a delamination um, of the cords from the sidewalls hitting the new kind of jagged curbs that they had installed at Qatar, the sale circuit. Um, and they had a bit of a safety concern. Um, so they made adjustments to the track and then they gave, again, something that's out of kilter of, of for a normal weekend. They gave um, the drivers a 10-minute familiarisation session, as they put it, before before the sprint race itself um, to, to test out the new track limits and the new curbs that they installed. So they did that and then they had the sprint race um, which was which was, was interesting interesting enough and um, we'll get back to that in a moment. Um, but then after the sprint race they checked the tyres again and the decision was made on Sunday morning that for sa- on safety grounds they wouldn't allow anyone to do any more than 18 laps on any given tyre which meant um, you, you, we knew when people were going to pit pretty much like you know maybe maybe a lap here or there um, or I'll say here or there maybe a lap early or two than what they were required no one was allowed to go over the the deal limit was 18 laps of the same um, on a set of tyres um, which it was very hard to how do I feel about the whole thing it was like it was interesting in a sense because it was such a, it's an anomaly it was something different that we've never seen before um, mandated pit stops and it meant that there had to be with 18 laps being the maximum you could do on a set of tyres and a minimum of a three-stop strategy for everyone some people went on to do four because um, they took into account cause, because the allocation of tyres everyone had used tyres had to be a factor at some point um, so like any any laps that had been done on the used tyres was taken into account on the on the maximum of 18 they could do on them so some people did have to do four stops Um so, like, knowing when people were going to stop was strange. It also caused a lot of confusion with, you know, people who were on three, people who were on four, and, you know, people starting on use and people on new tyres. Like, there was a lot of chaos as to where everyone was throughout the race. It took a while for it all to settle down and really understand where people were. Um, <clears throat> but one of the, I suppose, unforeseen... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unforeseen... Unforeseen. Brain's gone blank now. We should be <laughs> top quality content. This um, one of the unforeseen circumstances, I suppose, is the word I'm looking for um, of this um, mandated uh, number of laps they could do in the tires was they were pitting way before the uh, the degradation limit of the tire um, would kick in, so they were all flat out, which is. Flat out is great. We want to see the drivers flat out all the time. It's one of the it's one of the criticisms that's been labelled a Formula One over the last decade or so, especially with these Prelli tires, is that there's a lot of tire management involved because of the degradation of the tires. But because they were because they were um, pitting much earlier, 
then the degradation limit of the tyre. They were flat out through the whole race and they were in Qatar um, at, well, you know, it's 25 degrees in Dublin at the moment, so I think I think air temperature at night in Qatar there was 34, 35 degrees. And apparently, you know, that increased to like 50, 52 in the cockpit and humidity was at something like 98%. Um, so a lot of the, like the, the three drivers on the podium, which was uh, Max... Oscar and Lando. Um, Lando, to be fair to him, didn't seem too exhausted. Although he was pumping sweat as everyone was, but um, Max, even who was uh, you know kind of managing his pace out front, and Oscar, Max and Oscar had to like they had to sit down and you know catch them, catch their breath. Sorry, burping again. Um, at the end of the race. And like they were clearly incredibly exhausted, so that's what we saw kind of up front initially at the end of the race. But then, uh, you know, as as the analysis unfolded post race, um, several of the drivers had to go to the medical centre. Um, Logan Sargent actually had to stop before the race was over. Um, he was feeling so unwell from the heat. Um, if you go online, you'll see um, there's videos of. Uh, Alex Albon and um, Lance Stroll getting out of their cars and um, Albon had to be helped out by his mechanics and Lance struggled to get out of the car and then like he stumbled over towards an ambulance um, Ocon said he threw up in the car um, Stroll was saying as well in the high speed corners he was starting to black out um, and then there was, a, there was several others who went to the, the medical centre and stuff um, so like okay <laughs> They were at a very, very hot climate race, um, but this this forced um, tire thing um, exemplified the heat and humidity because they, as, as Oscar put it, they essentially did fifty-seven qualifying laps. Um, so yeah, lessons learned I think from this weekend. Um, Brady said this it very much will be a one-off um, because these curbs have never been used before and aren't used at any other track and I'm sure the FIA will ensure that these um, curbs are never used again anywhere to avoid this happening and I'm sure Pirelli will um, have a look at the tyre construction so something like this can't happen again but um, yeah it was you know these are elite athletes and it's, it's you know from an entertainment and spectator point of view it's it's admirable to see these athletes, you know, absolutely at their pretty much wits end, showing how hard they had to work and battle um, at this top level sport. Because I think that's one of the things that, you know, new uh, fans and armchair fans don't realise, or even people who don't watch Formula 1 don't realise that, like, it is an incredibly physical sport. Um, the G-forces and the heat and... All, all, all that jazz um, it really does take a lot um, takes a lot out of uh, the drivers and this was probably one of the most glaring um, visual realisations of that uh, yeah good. my good old rambling is, 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 is top notch today um, so yeah, that was one of the other key highlights, um, stuff in the race so at the very beginning um, oh, well, I'll, talk, well, I'll talk about the, uh, I don't Take everything I say about the sprint race with a pinch of salt instead of watching the pub. But um, yeah, hats off to Oscar Piastri. He uh, he because they the, the McLaren's locked out the front row, 
for the uh, for the sprint race. Um, and fair play, fair play to Oscar. He um, he took the lead at the beginning. He was on the medium tires, and then he and Lando were both in the mediums. Lando had a bit of a stink of a start. Um, he dropped back a bit, a bit. Um, so he he was on the. They were on the mediums. Then third, fourth, and fifth was Russell. Um, Russell Sainz and Leclerc. Um, they all started on the softs, so they got good launches. Um, and so eventually, like there was a very early, there was a safety car in the first lap because Lawson um, spun out, put it in the gravel, um, and on the restart, then uh, George uh, managed to get uh, Oscar and overtake him. Um, and then there was another safety car when Logan Sargent uh, put it into the gravel um, and he caught um, Oscar napping on the restart and he took off and built himself a bit of a lead but then the uh, the soft tire started to drop off and Oscar managed to catch um, Russell and, and overtake him pretty easily and then after that he kind of held his own Max had a bit of a stink of a start as well um, where did Max start actually? Max must have been third actually. Yeah, maybe Max was third for it. But he had a bit of a thing with starting to drop back a bit, but he was on the mediums as well and he eventually got past must have been Russell. Yeah. And once he got past Russell, um he Piastri he might have caught Piastri but he didn't. Piastri managed to hang on. Max finished second, Lando was third, um, in the sprint. Um, I took down the full the one thing I did write down is the results of the races um, so yeah so it was Oscar first so his first win you know there's debate you know is, is, is that considered a race win is it not I'm giving it to him um, even he himself says you know it's it's a strange bittersweet it's a bittersweet feeling because um, it's a victory but it's not a race victory it's a sprint victory whatever fair play to him um, got to dent uh, the confidence of Lando a little bit Sorry, I'm out by the road now, so there's probably going to be road noise and diesel truck engines disturbing things. Because, um, uh, yeah, he had a bit of a scruffy weekend. There's no denying Oscar overall outperformed Lando this weekend, although Lando was very quick in the race, um, more than that at the moment. But, um, so yeah, technically, to take the first win of the two of them, technically, um, uh, that's, got, that's got a dent Lando's... Um, confidence a little bit and he was very harsh on himself Lando this weekend um, the reason um, Oscar out-qualified him in the race is because uh, Lando made a bit of a mistake on his final, uh, final flyer in the final corner went wide um, and then like they well they both got uh, they both got five second penalties for the main qualifying for the race so they started the main race in 6th and 10th because uh, for track limits and again Lando was very Himself. He knew he breached track limits even before it was announced. Um, but anyway, so the results for the sprint race. Oscar, Max, Lando, George Russell, Lewis, uh, Sainz, Alonso, Albon, which is good, cool points for Albon, uh, Gasly, and the last points position in the, in the sprint. Then it was Bottas, Sonoda, Leclerc. I, don't, I can't remember what happened to Leclerc that he was so far down. Uh, Magnussen. Well, he started on the he started on the softs, which definitely wasn't the way to go. And um, but Sainz was much further up. I can't really I can't remember why Leclerc was so far down in the sprint. Uh, Magnussen, Joe, Stroll, and then 
Oh, yeah, DNF for Nico Hulkenberg, Ocon and Perez. Um, the three of them came together. I brought out a third safety car uh, in the race. Um, so it was kind of a racing incident, but it was it was three into one, didn't go. Um, Hulkenberg was trying to pass uh, Perez, and then Ocon was on the outside. Ocon didn't realise Perez was on the inside of Nico. Nico did try to back out of it. Um, but uh, yeah, he was pincered by both Perez and Ocon and then Ocon tagged Hulkenberg and Hulkenberg spun into Perez um, and then it was Ocon and Perez who went into the gravel I think Hulkenberg was able to continue but then they had to retire the car because it was too much damage um, Sargent had that DNF as he spun off and so did Lawson that was the, the, the sprint um, the main race um, so obviously talked about uh, Max cruising to victory Oscar uh, second podium for him um, again because he he had a clean start uh, it was helped by the fact that the two Mercedes uh, came together in the opening lap um, fighting a bit too hard harder than they should have been um, and it was it was Hamilton tagged uh, the rear uh, left of George trying to go around the outside of him into turn one um, they were both, you know, giving it over the radio, as you kind of would expect. Um, as much as I can't like George Russell, um, it was clearly Lewis Hamilton's fault. And to be fair to Lewis, once he got out of the car and, you know, he, he re- reviewed the thing, he was straight away threw his hands up and uh, and took responsibility for that one. Um, again, as I said previously, it's I, Lewis is obviously an incredible racing driver. Uh, you know the, the record books show um, he's, he is an amazing and well deserving world champion but I do I have questioned before his wheel to wheel combat um, I think it's partly because he's had a lot of time out in front by himself um, but I don't think he's the best at wheel to wheel racing he's had a lot of uh, comings together um, when, he, when he has uh, gone wheel to wheel with other racers and often with teammates which doesn't help um, but anyway yeah so Oscar Oscar was kind of the winner from that because he started 6th had a decent start um, got by the two Ferraris and so was and then when the two Mercedes took each other out um, he took advantage of that uh, Norris came back through saying that's why I was saying he had, to, he had a very good race started 10th managed to finish 3rd uh, he was catching Oscar at the end as well but the team told him to haul station which he did question but uh, he did uh he did stick to his guns and and and, uh, and, and stayed behind Oscar, um, and he was he was yuck. he was he was delighted at the end of the race. He he's uh, he's wise enough to know that you know starting tenth and finishing third is still a great result and it's a great result for the team. Another double podium, their third in a row now, um, which is pretty impressive. And um, McLaren are really in a row. They're only eleven points behind uh, behind uh, Aston Martin now for fourth. Um, so it seems like it's almost a bit of a foregone conclusion now that um, McLaren are going to take fourth in the championship from um, from Aston. Um, which, as I mentioned previously, that's Aston will, in part, like they'll be happy that they got fifth because it's an improvement on the last couple of seasons that they had. But at the same time, they begun the season second, the you know, second quickest car. They were second in the championship. Entirely because of Fernando Alonso. We'll talk about Stroll in a moment. Sorry, burping again. Um, 
but yeah like to drop off that much is is, is pretty bad you know Mercedes Ferrari and most only McLaren have made such leaps and gains and they've dropped back it's it's not a good look um, so yeah again bittersweet for them finishing fifth an improvement but I don't know this year held so much more promise for them um, but yeah like if McLaren had started off the season as well as the second half has gone for them they'd probably be a clear fourth or maybe even third at this point um, or even second maybe um, but you know the start of the year was, wasn't great for them um, so where was I yeah so that, that the, the crash at the start um, between the two Mercs was almost a, a gift wrapped present for Ferrari because Ferrari and, and Mercedes are now locked in a battle at the end of the season for uh, for second in the Constructors' Championship but um, even before the race started uh, Carlos Sainz was ruled out because they discovered a fuel pressure leak or something something to do with the fuel system anyway on his car that couldn't be fixed in time for the race uh, so he did not even start so that was going to be a bad day at the office for Ferrari because with the Mercs starting what was it um, third and fourth um, it looked like they were going to score a substantial amount of points um, ahead of Ferrari um, so when the two of them tangled at the start it looked like it was going to be amazing so all the clerk needed to do was get a decent points finish um, and they would have taken a, a decent dent out of uh, out of Mercedes however Russell did manage to continue after that tangle with Lewis and uh, he, uh, he finished he finished fourth in the end um, just ahead of Leclerc so they did score what's that fourth gets you 12 points I think isn't it 12 and you get 10 for fifth so I think they've marginally increased their lead um, I'd have to go through the so they yeah Mercedes scored more points in the sprint as well but I can't even remember how sprint points are divided now it's like 8, 6 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 is it? something like that so I'll have to double check I should, again I should have written down the championship standings but I haven't but anyway it's still still quite tight between Mercedes and, uh, and Ferrari for second anyway so that'll five races to go so between that battle for fourth or sorry for second and the battle for fourth um, between Aston and McLaren um, are two two um, two interesting tales um, for the rest of the season now that the, the main championships are wrapped up um, my money well, no, well, it's hard to predict how uh, the Ferrari and Mercedes one is going to go because they do seem to fluctuate um, from track to track now if history is to repeat itself you know um, Merck sorry there's a siren coming this way now it's an ambulance this is probably going to really ruin things hang on I'll check what time I'm at so I can cut this out maybe that's loud um, hopefully nothing too serious but they are going pretty flat out through uh, an urban environment so Hopefully nothing too serious there. What's good, whatever's going on with that ambulance? Um, yeah, I would I would like Ferrari to get it. Obviously, I'm a diehard member of the Tifosi. Um, but it's hard to tell. Like, yeah, Merck are probably going to go well in Brazil and Mexico. Um, Las Vegas is a bit of an anomaly. Circuit of the Americas could go either way for either of the teams. And then there's Abu Dhabi. So we shall see. Um, I think the McLaren-Aston thing is a bit of a foregone conclusion. I think McLaren will get that. But um, yeah, the Merck and Ferrari one is a good one to look at. Um, Alonso, yeah, he finished sixth um, just behind Leclerc. So uh, about as good as I think they could have hoped for. Um, Alonso 
it was, a very, it was very dusty the track because um, there's a lot of sand uh, around Qatar and during the safety cars in the sprint race Alonso was uh, was cutting across to clean his, uh, his grid box uh, always always on the ball is El Alonso um, so sixth not a bad result um, all considered the car seems to be a bit of a pig um, actually I don't think he got any penalties because he did go off a rare mistake from uh, from Alonso he went off pretty wide at I think it was turn two um, and he came up with the escape rope but he pulled out right in front of the clerk quite dangerously um, I, I didn't hear him getting any penalty um, I should probably double check that so I'll leave that with a caveat maybe he did get a penalty and he's dropped back further but um, I don't know because I took these results just from the F1 app just before I came out so he, he has six um, I thought, I'm surprised he didn't get a penalty it was a very dangerous uh, return to the track but uh, good results because um, going back to Lance Stroll um, so obviously like 90% of the points that Aston have scored this year have been by Fernando Alonso um, Stroll <laughs> There's just just way too many question marks now. Like he's, and his dad owns the team. Well, him and a consortium anyway own the team, and that's why he's there. And still, like, he, look, don't get me wrong. He's he's obviously a good driver, but he's just not a great one. I um, mean, he, and he's really been shown up by Fernando. But um, this weekend he had terrible qualifying for the sprint, um, and he let his anger be shown. Um, he was out in Q1 for the sprint. Uh, got back to the garage threw his very expensive steering wheel out um, and then he pushed his trainer on camera and then he like, gave a very sweary disappointed interview um, in the pen afterwards um, so he's really letting his frustration show and it goes to show again he um, he finished 11th in the race um, because he was in 10th I think um, but he got uh, a 5 second penalty for track limits which dropped him down to 11th Um so yeah so again no points scored by Lance Stroll um, he finished last of the of the cars that ran in the, in the sprint and then 11th in the race um, especially, you know, and his, his teammates managed to pull 6th out of the bag so um, yeah not great for El Stroll question marks how much longer can daddy allow him to stay in the team uh, Ocon 7th um, not bad considering you know the Alpine very much being the sixth fastest team um, and after the disaster of the crash he had in the sprint race not a bad result for Ocon and Alpine there and then 8th and ninth, Bottas and Joe um, the first time all season both the Alpha and Romeo Sauber's have been in the points um, so they, they'll have to be pretty, pretty delighted with that um, Joe kind of somewhat benefited from the fact that in ninth was Pre- or sorry Prez was ninth, um, but Prez also got um uh, track limit um, penalty which dropped him back um, so that's how kind of Joe got into the points but um, it's it's a result nonetheless um, but Perez yeah um, so as discussed previously Perez is having a nightmare of a season since Miami where he got absolutely trounced by Max it's just been all downhill really for 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 uh, Sergio um, he is still second in the driver championship um, which to be fair to him if he can manage to stay there, um, it will be the first time that uh, Red Bull have managed to have a 1-2 in the championship, which is mad when you think about it, considering the success they've had in their short, relatively short time in Formula 1. Sorry, burping yet again. Um, tastes like tuna, because I had tuna for lunch. Um, 
but yeah, like, like he managed to get ten, so he did manage to score a point. But when your uh, when your world champ, your crowned world champion teammate uh, wins comfortably, and you uh, you crash out of the of the sprint race, um, and you qualify terribly, it's getting he he's on he's on um, he's on tenterhooks. Is, is Prez? Um, the team have said he's, he's he's safe for next year. You know, he, he will be in the race car, but. I don't know. He can never tell with, with Red Bull. Um, the fact that Danny Rick's taking so long to return to the Toro Rosso, or sorry, the, sorry, the Toro Rosso, Freudian step there, the the uh, the Alpha Terry. I think maybe they want him to get properly recuperated. He will be back this season for sure in the Alpha Terry, but they're not rushing him back because they want him to get back up to full health and strength. Because I think they might put Danny Rick in the second Red Bull next year. Um, because I think they know him and Max will work well together and they have the data they probably know he's you know like for like possibly quicker than Perez and I think at this stage in his career I think Danny would be happy enough not necessarily to be a, a you know on paper absolute number two driver to Max but he will play the team game you know allow Max to do his thing and if there is if there is opportunities to be taken when Max isn't on form or has bad luck or whatever or maybe you know that's not rule out you know um, Danny is the last person to actually um, outright um, compete and beat Max I'll be Max was much earlier in his career at that point um, yeah it's nothing to say that maybe, you know, maybe Danny could get into the Red Bull and actually compete and beat um, Max although that would be, uh, be some achievement but um, yeah, I feel maybe like they might they might slide Danny Rick in there now for next year. We'll get a, a surprise announcement over the winter break, and um, and they'll put Lawson in the other Alpha Terry because um, he well deserved it. He's been although he didn't have a great race in Qatar, he has been putting in uh, he has been putting in the work um, while he's been replacing Danny Rick. Um, so he he definitely deserves a chance um, on the grid next year. And I think Perez has had more than uh, has had more than an opportunity um, to try and right his wrongs. But the the performance disparity between him and Max is is pretty glaring. Um, now saying that, maybe maybe no one will be uh, close to Max at all. Maybe Max is that good. But I really think the team um, need to find out for sure by putting someone else in the car um, because. While they've run away, run away with it this year, um, it's not to say that that will continue. And um, McLaren are certainly on song, and there's nothing to say that Ferrari and Mercedes and even Aston um, could join that um, form run of improvement um, next year. Um, so yeah, we shall see. Um, where else? I'll start wrapping this up soon because I'm, as ever, talking absolute bollocks. Um, Stroll, yeah, as I talked about Gasly. Again, messy race. Um, you know, Ocon managed to score, um, get points for seventh. Um, Gasly was very kind of um, over ambitious with some of his overtakes. He, he overtook Perez was one of them, and who else was the other one that he, he ever tried to overtake off the track? Must have been it was either Bottas, I think it was Bottas or Joe, one of the Alpha Alpha males. Um, yeah, overtook off the track. And he was kind of not pretty reluctant to um, give the place back, and uh, 
So he got penalties then as well for, for four breaching track limits. And um, so that's what dropped him out. Um, well, he was out of the points and then he dropped him down into 12th overall. Um, so not a great weekend for Gasly. Um, where did he finish in the uh, in the sprint? Where is he there? Well, he finished he finished ninth in the sprint, so he didn't even score any points in the sprint race. So yeah, so not a great weekend for for Gasly. Um, Albon was 13th. Um, again, just the, 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 with, it, with everyone going flat out, um, you know, he is, he's great at tyre management, is Albon, but he wasn't able to use that that tool in his arsenal because um, everyone was going flat out. Tyre management wasn't really a thing, and the heat stroke really seemed to get to him um, as, as the onboard footage showed him. He really struggled to get out of his car, so 13 was the best that Albon could manage. Uh, Magnussen, 14th. Again, just no pace in the. Uh, in the Haas again while well, everyone was going flat out Snow to 15th I'm not too sure why again it must have been a pace thing because uh, Lawson was 17th and last of the runners um, yeah, just, just no pace in the in the Alfateri this weekend uh, and then Hulkenberg was 16th again same thing as Magnussen no pace in the car um, there's an ambulance going the other direction now um, I'll try and cut out those sirens um, assuming that they uh, ruin the audible pleasure of this podcast um, and then so uh, Sergeant DNF um, he voluntarily um, stopped because he wasn't feeling well which must have been a tough decision for him to make but you know he obviously wasn't able to continue um, and just uh, just another blow from him in what's been a very difficult season it's, it's, it's it'd be surprising if Williams give him another um, another another go next year um, James Vells has been very um, has been very um, what's the word I'm looking for you know he, he, he has put his arm around Sergeant and given him the benefit of the doubt and given him time but in this competitive world of Formula 1 he, can he really um, justify another season um, I know they, you know the Liberty Media I think would really like to have an American on the grid but at the end of the day there are some great racing drivers out there and I don't know how big Sargent's fan base is even uh, in his home territory um, so maybe that's you know if Perez does get dropped going to uh, going to Williams might not be a, a terrible move for him to make um, assuming he stayed in Formula 1 which I think he would um, Hamilton DNF obviously in that crash at the start with um, with his teammate Russell and Sainz didn't start the race at all um, Yes, yeah, so that's that's it. I'm sure there's other things I'm I'm forgetting about, and um, that happened, because um, it was a very hectic weekend. But um, yeah, fair play again to Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Incredible. Um, hopefully, we don't have any more drama with the tires. Um, there were elements of it that added some excitement, um, something different, and it was great to see drivers going flat out for the whole race. But overall, we don't want to see that crack again. And um, yeah, so the next race is Circuit of the Americas in Austin. So another nice evening race, because um, Qatar was on there at six o'clock, which is nice. So I do, I do like an evening race. And um, there's only one early morning one left, which will be Las Vegas, um, because it's on at nine p.m. local time for them, which means it'll be on I think at six a.m. for us over here. Um, so yeah, Circuit of the Americas nice in two weeks' time. I won't talk too much about that because I'll save that for the week. It's it's, it's we have a two-week gap, um, so I'll talk about that near the time. Um, I probably will return later in the week with just a normal Kari podcast because um, I said I've talked for nearly nearly 45 minutes um, 
about Formula One. So if I manage to do that in the regular podcast, um, it would be about fucking two hours long, and no one wants to listen to me talk that much bollocks um, for that amount of time. So anyway, if you haven't listened to this one, um, as always, I love you, and until next time, be safe, be safe, be safe, be well. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.